this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Do you ever wonder why God allows difficulties to be a part of life? Maybe you struggle with the fact of you put your faith in Jesus, yet you struggle with hardships. Your marriage isn't going according to plan, or you're dealing with health issues, or you're dealing with finance, or you're just trying to make decisions and there seems to be no clarity, or whatever it might be, and you wonder, what is the deal? Like, like God, don't you even care? That's what I want to talk about here today. I'm really glad that you're joining us. Uh, today, I want to look at the struggles of life, what they reveal about us, what they reveal about God, and how the struggles can actually provide an opportunity for even greater faith. It's a conversation that actually works its way into a series we've been going through. We're into week four, looking at the question of who is Jesus? Understanding not only who he is, but, but what is his purpose? What is he all about? And ultimately, what difference does that make in our life? Now, we've been walking through uh, the Gospel of Mark. And if you haven't been with us, you know, I'd suggest maybe you go back and watch some of the other um, messages so that you can kind of hear and catch up to where we are at. I'm essentially asking three things if you're a part of this series. Number one is join us every week, whether it's online or in person. It's a great way to continue to learn and grow together and, and get a, a bigger picture. The second thing is actually on your own time, Take some time to read the Gospel of Mark. It's 16 chapters, takes about an hour and a half, but it gives you a more comprehensive look at the person of Jesus and, and helps you understand more than just a soundbite or a little story here or there to, to get a fuller picture. And then the third one, most importantly, is this. Make it personal. Because so often we may be able to answer, like, who is Jesus and what is his pur- purpose? But at the end of the day, if you're not impacting it in your own life, It's not making a difference. And what we strive for in doing this is that God would become real, that you would experience what he wants for you in the midst of your life. And so today I want to pick up on kind of the conversation of last week where we looked at this invitation that Jesus ultimately gives. Two words, follow me. But it's in these words that it's so simple yet so profound. That, that what Jesus desires for us is, is more than just believe in me or understand who I am, but will it begin to shape your behavior? I mean, think about it for a moment. When you're following someone, you're basically saying, take me where you want me to go. And so when Jesus says, follow me, it means, Jesus, I'm going to follow you when I need to make decisions. I'm going to follow you, Jesus, when I find myself in the midst of whatever I'm facing in life. I'm going to follow you, Jesus, even when I'm not even sure what the next step may be. It it starts to incorporate all of life. Well, today, as we think of difficulties, as we think of the imagery that we're about to see of the storms of life, what does it look like to follow Jesus in the midst of these seasons and in these moments? Because I believe that it's oftentimes in the difficulties that it becomes the moment where we will either choose to lean in more to Jesus or actually step away. So today we're going to turn to Mark chapter 4. And as a bit of a background, 
you know, the crowds are still intensely interested in Jesus, his healing, his teaching, so much so that Jesus and his disciples, those closest to him, actually get into a boat and step off the shore a little bit, and the crowd stays on the shoreline. Got to get a little bit of distance. And Jesus is teaching the entire day, and then evening comes, and that's where we're going to jump in. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35. This is what Mark tells us. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence! Be still! Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. I love how Mark gives us such detail. Understand that the disciples that were with Jesus before following Jesus were actually experienced fishermen. And so a mild storm wouldn't get their attention. They'd be used to it. It's not as if this was their first rodeo. And so it must have been a fierce storm. The wind was howling. The waves were crashing into the boat. And they were completely terrified. And so the disciples, I love this, I love this, they begin to shout at Jesus. Now, now some of you may think, wait a second, can you like talk sternly to God? Like, can you actually shout at Jesus? Well, clearly the disciples did. They are so concerned. They are so upset. They cry out to Jesus. And I love what they say. Jesus, don't don't you care that we're about to drown? I think if there's anywhere in this story that many of us can probably relate, perhaps it's in this moment. Not, not in the literal sense, but, but more figuratively. That, that maybe there's been times where you've been going through the storms of life, a difficulty, a, a challenging moment. And maybe you've been praying and maybe you've been seeking wisdom or maybe you've been seeking some sort of solace from God. And it's like you cry out like, God, where are you? What are you doing? It almost feels as if Jesus is not only not paying attention, but exactly like in this story, he's fallen asleep. And maybe like the disciples, you want to kind of say, God, don't you care what is happening to us? Well, Mark tells us that Jesus, when he awakes, does two things. First is he rebukes the wind and the sea goes completely calm. And then he turns to the disciples. And I don't believe it's so much as a rebuke as almost a question he says, why, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? And we're told the disciples were terrified. They're looking around thinking like, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? I, I appreciate stories like this. 
because of what we can learn from them. It's in this encounter, this experience that Jesus has with the disciples in the midst of the storm that we're reminded that the storms and difficulties of life actually reveal something significant about God and also about us. This incident reminds us that in the midst of life with Jesus, that he will not necessarily remove us from the storm, but rather will stay with us through the storm. I think a lot of times we may think, God, don't you care? You're not with us. What is going on? And and we almost expect that all the difficulties, all the troubles, whatever the storm of life may be, will immediately be sorted and taken care of. But we know that's not true. And I think sometimes we get hung up on the false belief of thinking, well, if I believe in Jesus, if if I have faith in Jesus, then then surely I'm not going to go through difficulties, right? From this story, we see that's not the case. From the other places in the Bible, we see that's not the case. And I'm sure from the personal example, you see that's not the case either. One of the the most well-known psalms in the Bible, you've probably heard it read at funerals, comes from Psalm 23 that speaks exactly to this principle. Psalm 23, part of it says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. Because you, O Lord, are with me. It it almost parallels this exact experience of Jesus in the boat with the disciples while the storm is raging. That, that God's promise is not to like helicopter us out of the difficulties or, to, or to, to, to remove us from any storms, but rather to say, listen, listen, listen. I will be with you through the storm. The second thing that storms reveal is an important truth about us as well. Storms in many ways reveal the reality of our faith and relationship in Jesus. When Jesus says, follow me, let's, let's admit it right up front. It's easier to follow Jesus at times when things are going well, when we have success, when we have contentment, when we don't deal with the struggles and the difficulties. But the real test, the real opportunity to see the depth of our faith is when the storms begin to mount. What's interesting is earlier in the day, at the very beginning of Mark chapter 4, Jesus is actually teaching about how faith is like a seed that is planted in different soils. And Jesus goes on to explain different types of soils. And one particular soil that he talks about is rocky soil. And he says one of the challenges of rocky soil is that the faith doesn't go deep. The roots don't go deep. And so when difficulties, when persecutions, when the storms of life arise... The faith withers and almost dies. And then hours later, Jesus is in a boat with his disciples. And what happens? The storm arises and it's almost as if Jesus is like, here is a living example of the reality that I just taught. So storms reveal something about Jesus. Storms reveal something about us. The question is, well, if we truly want to follow Jesus, not just simply in the good times, but in all of life, how do we walk with Jesus 
through the storms of life. I think it's important to understand that oftentimes Jesus allows the storms to develop in our lives because it's a means of deepening our faith. That God actually allows those whom he loves to face hardships and difficulties because it's an opportunity to truly begin to put our trust and faith in him. So, how do we do it? I mean, storms are those opportunities in life where we can actually say, you know what, I'm done, I'm out, I'm going to do it on my own. Or it's a place to dig deeper. And if you're someone watching today that that is even in the midst of a storm and and you don't know who to cling on to, perhaps it's an opportunity to hold on to Jesus, to begin to see how do you walk with him in the midst of the storm. And so how do we do that? It's by going back and understanding two significant questions. First of all, who is Jesus and what is his purpose? You see, if if Jesus is the Messiah, if Jesus is the Son of God, if Jesus is the one who came to save us from our sins, the one who lived, the one who died, the one who rose again, then Jesus begins to embody the very things that Psalm 23 were talking about. That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, speaking of death in and of itself, I will not be afraid. So many people are afraid of death, wondering, you know, what is going to happen? Wondering, where will I go? The Bible is very clear that when we put our faith in Jesus, we need not be afraid because he will be with us. It's the promise of eternal life. And so if Jesus has weathered the greatest storm, the storm of death, and been with us in the midst of that, then surely, surely, he will not abandon us in the midst of whatever storm we may be facing. It's about, it's about seeing the bigger picture. And so, and so how do we do it? Two real quick suggestions, things that have been so critical in my life. The first one actually comes from this encounter with Jesus and his disciples in the storm. I love how the disciples went first to Jesus. We're told they went and they shouted at Jesus. They wanted to get Jesus' attention. And I think sometimes we need more of that in our life. That, that, that we need not be worried of, well, will I offend God or will I say the right things? No, no. if you want to walk with Jesus through the storm, you need to lean in on him in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of whatever you are facing. Don't walk away but rather see it as an opportunity to experience the very presence of God with you because he gives you something that oftentimes we don't experience in the midst of the sunny seasons of life. More on that in a moment. The second thing is one of the ways that we walk with Jesus is in doing it as we walk with others. That faith is personal, but it's never meant to be private. And and one of the great benefits of others who follow Jesus is is we have the support and encouragement. At our church, we we talk a lot about small groups, about about getting the corners of others, 
And that, that happens through small groups that meet in homes or in restaurants. It, it happens through small groups that, that act in ways of service, whether it's in music or, or tech or, or in kids' ministry or you just getting in the corner of others. And it's there that we are strengthened and encouraged. Past couple of weeks, I've reached out to some of our small groups and just said, hey, can you share a little bit about, you know, why you do this? You know, why you continue to give up a night a week to spend time with others? And this is the response that I got from a woman named Haiti. These are her words. She says, I think the most important thing about our small group for me is that it's the heartbeat of church for me. When I'm away, I can kind of participate in Sunday morning worship online. But group, the camaraderie, the conversations that stretch us all and grow our faith, the folks praying for each other and continually following up in committed community is great. I'm dying to get back together when I've been away. We're not the best of friends. We don't hang out outside of group much. But we do encourage, support, and faithfully hold each other up when we're exhausted by life's challenges. And we love to celebrate. Plus, the honesty and confidentiality mean that the group, that the people at group know more about me than most anyone else, friends and family included. I love that line. We hold each other up when we're exhausted by life's challenges. Maybe you live close enough that you want to join one of our groups. Fire me an email. I would love to connect you and just see what may be a good possibility. Or, or maybe this isn't a reality for you yet, either because you live too far away or you're just not ready to make that step. Would you consider that even when you watch online, maybe watching it with someone, whether you're in the same home or you just watch at the same time or at least connect during the week and use it as an opportunity to talk to begin to allow the conversation to grow and to develop so that you can begin to get someone in your corner to encourage you to lean into Jesus in the midst of your storms of life. One final thought. The image of Jesus sleeping in the midst of the storm is a subtle yet powerful one. I think too often we misinterpret Jesus asleep as a sign of being unaware or not even caring. But I'm not convinced. Think about it. In the midst of a raging storm that terrified experienced fishermen, Jesus was asleep. He had a sense of calm. Why? Because he knew God was in control. The disciples were worried that Jesus didn't care that they were going to drown, yet Jesus knew what the outcome was going to be. One of the greatest things that we learn, one of the greatest gifts that we are given in the midst of the storms of life is the experience of the peace of God. You see, The world can offer us peace in the midst of the absence of conflict or when things are going well. You know, we can can sing it so peaceful and it is so well when things are going great. But in the midst of storms of life, to live with a sense of peace, (laughs) 
that comes not from within, that can only come from God. The Bible speaks of the peace of Jesus as being a peace that passes all understanding. That when you look at the circumstances, it doesn't make sense. It talks about a peace that the world cannot give. It talks about a peace that is not due to the absence of storms or conflict, but rather a peace that is even in the midst of it all. I know in my life, there have been moments and there have been seasons of difficulty that I know that when I lean into Jesus, my problems are not always solved, but I receive and experience this gift of peace, this trusting assurance that God is in control. That's what Jesus wants for you. So will you lean in? Will you recognize that he is with you in the midst of the storm, that he's not going to abandon you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to wait for you to figure it out and get you on the other side. He's with you in the midst of the storm. And when you trust, when you follow, you truly begin to receive this peace that passes all understanding. Let me pray for you as we conclude. Lord God, we're grateful for these stories, these encounters, perhaps even as difficult at times as they may be, because they speak to the honesty and the reality of life, that life is filled with storms. Life is filled with those seasons and moments where we may not know what the outcome may be. May we focus less on the storm and more on you. That image of you at sleep, not not caring, but being confident because you are in control. Pray for those that are watching today, that they may truly know and experience your peace in the midst of whatever storm they are facing. For we ask this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And so now, may the peace of Christ which transcends all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds today in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hashtag for Paris. Our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. 
Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parisprez.ca. Yes, that's right, parisprez, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.